Section three of Madame Butterfly. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Avaï in June two thousand and ten. Section three of Madame Butterfly by John Luther Long. Chapter seven. How he didn't understand her whichever. The baby continued to sleep. He rather justified the praises of his mother. He was as good as a Japanese baby and as good-looking as an American one. Somebody was without. There was a polite and subdued clattering of clogs in the entrance. Gomenazai, I beg your pardon. It was a familiar, deprecatory voice, accompanied by the clapping of hands. Chocho-san smiled wearily and called the maid. Oh, Suzuki, Goro de Nakudo, he is without. Shaka and all the gods defend us now. The two exchanged glances of amusement, and the maid proceeded to admit him. Madame Butterfly received him with the odious lack of ceremony her independent life with Pinkerton had bred. She was imperially indifferent. The go-between pointed out how sad this was to as beautiful a woman as she. "'Is it a trouble to you?' she asked, perking her head aside. The Nakodo only sighed gloomily. Madame Butterfly laughed. Poor, nice little old man, said she with specious pity in politest English. Do not trouble about me. Do not arrive any more if it pains you. I must. You have no parents now, nor anyone. You are outcast. Ah, but will you not permit me to suffer the lack? But you will never be married. Again? well yes again then how terrible he took this quite seriously and became more cheerful yes a beautiful woman like you must have a husband yes thanks i got one do you perhaps mean more i mean a japanese husband oh ah that will have me a month and then divorce me and then another, and another, and another? She was becoming belligerent. How is it better with you now? She recovered her good humor. At America, one is married forever, except the other die. Uh-huh. What you think? Your marriages are not so. She had been speaking indifferently both languages, and now the Nakodo, who was not apt at English, begged her to explain this in Japanese she did so yamadori has lived long at america and he says it is not thus is it not safe to rely upon his excellent wisdom no for i which am foolish are wiser than both you and he i know you just guess everybody got stay marry in united states america no one can get divorce except he stay in a large courthouse all full judges with long faces and bald on their heads long long time maybe two four seven year now just think about that how that is tiresome that's why no one don't get no divorce they too tired to wait first the man he got go and stand before those judge and tell all he think about it then the woman she got 
then some lawyers quarrel with those judge and then the judges get jury and ask them what they think about it and if they don't know they all get put in jail till they get done thinking about it and whether they go and get divorce or not uh-huh where did you learn that asked the old nakodo aghast oh ah that mr b f pickerton she assumed the grander air that mr benjamin frangalin pickerton my husband she smiled engagingly and held out her pretty hands as who should say is not that sufficient it was so evidently the invention of pinkerton that it seemed superfluous to make the explanation the nakodo said curtly that he did not believe in it not believe what mr b f pinkerton had said chocho-san was exasperated the engaging smile had been wasted she flung the blue-eyed baby up before him well then do you believe that she laughed almost malignantly the marriage broker gulped down this fearful indignity as best he might he hoped there were not going to be any more such women in japan as the result of foreign marriages still even this phase of the situation had been discussed with his client but yamadori who was bred to the law tells me that our law prevails in such a matter the marriage having taken place here she gave a gasp and cried like a savage wounded animal yamadori lies the nakodo was silenced she crushed the baby so fiercely to her breast that he began to cry Shh! she commanded harshly he looked up for an incredulous instant then burrowed his head affrightedly into her kimono she turned upon the nakodo in magnificent scorn oh you fool you think he never arrive back that's what you think in secret he he do she snatched a photograph from an easel at the tokonoma tore the child from his hiding and held them up together her purpose was quite evident the nakodo was thoroughly frightened she recovered her poise and her control of the situation now what you think <laughs> say i bet you all monies he gone come most one millions mile for see that child that's what i all times praying shaka and the august nesses for one child exact like him well say i cut him and now that mr benjamin frangalin pickerton he got come back hoary even if he don't like he cannot stand it but he do like all her passion was gone now and her sure gladness returned she was naive and intimate and confidential again say first i pray this large american god that huge god almighty but that's no use he don't know me where i live then i pray shaka and all the kaimyo of the augustness in the godhouse i think they don't hear me account they outcasted me when i marry with that mr b f pickerton but she smiled at her pretty celestial cajolery i pray them so long and so much more than they ever been pray with before that they feel good all times and and there was finality in this and is use and maybe i not all outcasted don't tell him he he laugh upon my gods and say they just would and got no works in them and he all times call the august nesses bag numbers 
Just he don't know till he find out. Uh-huh. <laughs> if he returns... He will probably take the child away with him. That is his right, chanted the sad-faced Nakodo. But nothing could ruffle Madame Butterfly now. She laughed sibilantly at this owl-like ignorance. Oh, how you don't know things! How you don't understand me what I mean whichever! Of course he take that child away with him, of course! And me, me also! And Suzuki, uh-huh, and we go and live in his castle for ever and ever. The improbability of changing the girl's point of view began to dawn upon the slow intellect of the Nakodo. At least Yamadori wishes for a look-at meeting. I have promised him. Will you not grant this? Chocho-san shook her head at him knowingly. And if I do not, he not gone pay you one present? She laughed wildly, and the Nakoda by a grin admitted the impeachment. Well, the spirit of mischief possessed the girl. Say, I don't care. Let him come. He like for see me, I like for see him. And if I say I gone marry him, he go hoary and marry me right away. Uh-huh. What you think about those? The Nakoda said delightedly that that was precisely what he sought. Yes, but suppose they put me in a large jail and got lookout between bar, so, she illustrated, and don't get nothing for it, he gone stay all times behind my side and comforting me, hold my hand, let me weep upon him, I don't know, maybe they cut my head off me, then he got get his head cut off too, and go the road to meadow together, with without those hate. Oh, how that is terrible! And suppose, she whispered it horridly, that Mr. B. F. Pickerton <laughs> arrive. The Nakodo was not sure how much of this was meant seriously. They were extremely unusual humors to him, but she had consented to the meeting, and he promptly took her at her word. When, then, will it please you to have me bring Yamadori? When you like, nice little old friend. The Nakodo fixed that day a week. As he was going, Chocho-san laughingly asked, Say, how often he been merry? But twice, the Nakodo replied virtuously. And both times divorce? He admitted that this was the case. And both times just on visit from United States America? Just little visit? So long? She spread her hands. Under her laughing gaze, it seemed best to admit it. Oh, he, he just marry another for fun, whenever he think about it. Then he forget it when he don't think about it and marry another. Say so. He heard her laugh again as he left the courtyard but he had confidence in the ability of Yamadori to accomplish his purpose if he could be brought into contact with her. He was one of the modern pensioned princes of Japan, a desirable matrimonial article, and preternaturally fascinating. Chapter 8 The Bright Red Spot in Cho's Cheeks The look-at meeting came about as planned. 
there was a distinct air of state about madame butterfly's house on that day the baby and all the frivolities that attended him were in banishment the apartment had been enlarged by the rearrangement of the shoji at the head of it statuesque in her most brilliant attire said chocho-san japanese women are accomplished actresses and looking in upon chocho-san just at the moment of yamadori's arrival one would not have known her she was as unsmiling as emotionless as the daibutsu the grave ceremonies attending the advent of a candidate for matrimony went forward with almost no recognition from Chocho-san until they had come to the point where they might seat themselves before her to inspect and be inspected. Then she struck her fan against her palm, and Suzuki appeared and set the tobacco bone between them. Yamadori suggested somewhat the ready-made clother, inevitable evidence of his transformation, Otherwise, he was the average modern Japanese, with high gibbeted trousers, high collar, high hat, and eyeglass. He might not converse directly with Chocho-san, especially concerning the business at hand, but he was not prohibited from conferring with the Nakodo about it in her presence. The rule of decorum for such an occasion simply decreed that she should be blind and deaf concerning what went on. The convenience of the arrangement is obvious. The Nakodo, the representative of both parties, was happily permitted, on the part of the one, to regard what was happening as if it had not happened, and, on the part of the other, as if it had. "'She's quite as beautiful as you said,' remarked Yamadori, after a careful inspection with his glass. The Nakodo nodded virtuously and filled his pipe. His client lighted a cigarette. Chocho-san did not even smile and her father you say was on the emperor's side in the satsuma rebellion the marriage broker satisfied his client to the last particular of her father's bloody sacrificial end at yokoji and you have told her faithfully of me he paused on the last word to note its effect upon chocho-san there was none and he hastened to add cumulatively and my august family he paused again but again there was no sign from the lady of the house. She was staring out over his head. And have offered her my miserable presents? To each of these the broker answered lugubriously yes. Then why in the name of gods does she wait? The Nakodo explained with a sigh that she had declined his presents. I will send her others. They shall be a thousand times more valuable. Since I have seen her, I know that the first must have been an affront. She kept her eyes up, but Yamadori unquestionably smiled in the direction of Chocho-san, as if she were a woman of joy. The light of battle came into the stony eyes of the girl. She clapped her hands almost viciously. The little maid appeared. Tea, she said. The maid brought the tea and with that splendid light of danger still in her eyes, Chocho-san served it. With the air of a princess, she put on in an instant all the charms of her musme. She gave back smile for smile now, and jest for jest. She begged Yamadori, with the most charming upward inflections, to put away his cigarette and take her shippo pipe, and he did it. That was Japanese, she said. Her cigarettes were not. Was it not so? with a resistless movement toward him she let him touch her hands in the passage of the cups 
she enveloped him with the perfume of her garments she possessed him wholly in one dizzy instant i will give her a castle to live in said yamadori breathlessly the nakodo sighed chocho-san refilled his pipe with an incomparable grace ah she permitted her lips to breathe very softly she shall have a thousand servants there was no audible response from the nakodo but his eyes gleamed avidly chocho-san returned the pipe smiling dazzlingly it seemed almost yes with her everything her heart can wish cried yamadori recklessly the nakodo turned beseechingly toward the girl she lifted her eyebrows he did not understand as she passed him she laughed is it enough still he did not understand have we earned the present she whispered i will give a solemn writing added yamadori fervidly she still fancies herself perhaps married to the american sighed the nakodo yamadori laughed disagreeably if your excellency would condescend to explain oh she is not serious a sailor has a sweetheart in every port you know chocho-san whispered something to the nakodo she still smiled but she is perhaps his wife answered he obediently yes said yamadori as if they were the same chocho-san whispered again but the child there is a most accomplished child said the nakodo yes said the travelled japanese with the same smile and the same intonation there was a distinct silence chocho-san smiled more vividly but her nostrils moved rapidly in and out the nakodo grew anxious yamadori cast his eyes toward the ceiling and continued a sailor does not know the difference in no other country are children esteemed as they are here in america it is different people sometimes deny them they are left in a basket at some other person's door but the person does not receive them they are then cared for by the municipality as waifs it is shameful to be such a child there are great houses and many officers in each city for the care of these they are an odious class by themselves and can never rise above their first condition the nakodo glanced askance at his client he had not the slightest objection to a man who would lie a little to win his cause but to lie too much was to lose it i myself knew a man whose child became a cripple he sent him to the mayor of the city saying that as the cars of the city had injured him the city must bring him up he was sent to the poorhouse and afterward to the stone quarries it was a most piteous sight chocho-san bent again to the ear of the old man there was a tremor in her voice now had he eyes of purple asked the nakodo he was beautiful of face but surely eyes of purple are not desirable yamadori brought his own down from the ceiling and levelled them at chocho-san she still smiled but there was a bright red spot in each cheek now but he was misshapen and he was never known to laugh i saw many such i saw a child whose father had deserted it and the mother madame butterfly clapped her hands again the maid appeared promptly she had expected the summons suzuki good suzuki the excellent gentleman the august 
she swept a royal gesture toward them who have done us the honor to call they wish to go hurriedly their shoes will you not hasten them with a final brilliant smile she turned her back upon them and left the room your story of the rejected child did it reproached the nakodo on the way i had not got to the worst said his client ruefully i meant to cite an example exactly to suit her own case luckily she turned us out when she did then what do you mean sir demanded the suitor in sudden wrath oh said the broker in polite haste i was beginning to feel ill the irony of this escaped the client still goro would have had a less opinion of yamadori if having lied once he had not lied again in defence of the first though yamadori came no more he had brought the serpent to madame butterfly's eden End of section three.